0: Presidential transitions can be tense when the party is changing. The car ride with Herbert Hoover and Franklin Roosevelt was famously icy. Toughest in memory, though, might be the last transition, Trump to Biden. My next guest handled it all on behalf of the General Services Administration, and for her aplomb, is a finalist in this year's Service to America medals program. She's the GSA's Federal Transition Coordinator and Associate Administrator for the Office of Civil Rights, Mary Gibert. Ms. Gibert, good to have you on. It's
1: great to be here. Thank you.
0: And let's begin with what actually GSA does in presidential transitions, because it's outside of the realm of politics, and you just make sure that people have what they need to get the job done, basically, correct?
1: Well, in a nutshell, but it's a little more than that. We actually manage the transition for the federal government. So in addition to providing the space and services during the pre-elect, the post-elect, and supporting the inauguration, we actually coordinate transition activities for the entire federal government. So one of the key roles is, you know, the setting up of the councils. So there is a statute, a Presidential Transition Act statute that lays out all of this. But one of the things that the statute requires is that there is an agency transition directors council, and that is comprised of all the major organizations and departments, Department of State, Department of Defense, the big players on that particular council. And that council is co-chaired by myself and the deputy director of OMB management. And so we chair and provide guidance out to the federal community through that council. We also, although not required by statute because we want to make sure all of government is ready, also hold a separate council for everyone else. We are guided by the White House Transition Coordinating Council which is chaired by a person designated by the White House. And in this case was Mark Meadows and his deputy, Chris Liddell, was our primary point of contact.
0: Got it. So this White House then or the former White House didn't totally walk away from the whole thing.
1: Oh, no, no. And I would say the White House Transition Coordinating Council through Chris Liddell was key in how it ran, as smooth as it ran, despite all the challenges that we faced. And those members are designated by the White House. And I was the only career member on that council. And my role was to bring the guidance back from the White House to the Agency Transition Directors Council.
0: And while this is going on, does it become full time for you for a period?
1: Yes. So I would say from May till Inauguration Day, it is full time. Prior to that, starting, oh, I would say, October, December timeframe, 18 to 24 months, it's part-time. And then after inauguration, it's part-time again. But the big bulk of the effort is from, you know, May timeframe up to inauguration day.
0: Sure. And how does this happen to be in the Office of Civil Rights of all places?
1: So that just happens to be where I was working. So the position is designated by the GSA administrator and the statute requires it's a senior career official. So a member of the senior executive service, and it can be from anywhere within GSA. And it happened that I was working in the Office of Civil Rights at the time of this particular cycle.
0: So basically for a while, you've got two hats, as they say.
1: Um, When I was full time, I delegated to my deputy because... As you might imagine, with this one, as well as any one, during the peak period, it is full-time.
0: We're speaking with Mary Jabert. She was Federal Transition Coordinator and is Associate Administrator for the Office of Civil Rights at the General Services Administration. And in pulling all of this together, and you're dealing with the incoming team and the outgoing team, and there wasn't much love lost there, let's put it that way. What skills of your own do you feel that you draw on to be able to have this happen in a way that's good for the government, good for the public, and, you know, the politicians will have to take care of themselves.
1: So I think, you know, it's a testament to our democracy and the the Presidential Transition Act that my position is apolitical, so it is career. The agency transition directors in every agency are career folks. So having said that, I would say probably one of the most important skills is political savvy. And also the ability to establish relationships, trust, communicate, because everybody had to trust me in order for this to work and believe that I was an honest broker. And this all had to be done in an environment, a COVID environment, where in past years you would have met in person and in person helps speed up that relationship building. And in many cases, we did not meet each other. Folks that I worked with every single day, some days, you know, 15, 20 hours a day, we did not meet in person. So I would say that those are the skills of managing and balancing.
0: And have you had the chance, by the way, to go back and meet some of the incoming people in person now that they might have had jobs in the government now as part of the administration?
1: Yes. And we still have a couple of items that we're working through with them that there is entitlement for. So there's a million dollars in training funds that we're working with the current administration on. And we also, for our own internal, always looking to do better and improve the process is we did an after-action review and we spoke with them all afterwards.
0: And have you had any feedback from the people that were coming in at this point?
1: I think in general, the feedback was good. I would ask them. The Sammy, you know, has quotes from them. So I'll let them speak for themselves on how they felt. But in general, I think the thought was in spite of it went off remarkably well with all the challenges that we had, you know, related to COVID, um, delayed assertion, all the things that were happening in the world. And it still went off.
0: Yes, it it sure did. And uh, this is something I ask a lot of the SAMIs awardees. And just briefly describe your own career. How did you come to this type of work? And you've done pretty well being an associate administrator.
1: Well, I started my federal career. So I spent most of my career in federal service as a private in the U.S. Army. So I did seven years in the Army. And then I joined the federal service working for Department of Defense, IRS, Department of Navy, and ended up at GSA. And GSA is a great place to work because I think we provide services to the government. What you need to deliver the mission. So, you know, in addition, I started doing leases in the public building service. And then the highlight, well, I had two highlights, I think, of my career in the public building service. I got to be a zone executive during the ARA, the Recovery Act. So I got to help spend GSA's $5 billion dollars. That was very exciting. And then I ended my time in the Public Building Service as the Regional Commissioner for the National Capital Region, which is the largest region, 100 million square feet of leased and owned space, $3 billion in revenue, 1,200 people, and one-third of the PBS inventory. So, I've had great opportunities to do great things.
0: And I imagine that seven years in the Army taught you that when facing some kind of a crisis or seeming crisis or roadblock, you say to yourself, yeah, well, we can get through this too.
1: Yeah, and I think that's kind of you just do it. And when you think back on it, I think that's when it kind of hits you. But, you know, I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, I didn't do this by myself. So, you know, I had three folks that I heavily relied on that were my leadership team. Uh, Dorsey Yaffe, she was my deputy. Uh, Liz Kane was the director of pre- and post-elect services. So she was directly involved in and ran that piece of it. And then Kathy Geisler ran the inaugural and the post-elect. And then on the federal entity side, the coordination and the core team that worked the federal government, we had OPM. So that was Steve Hickman. We had NARA, that was Chris Naylor. We had OGE, uh, Shelly Finlinson. And then DOJ was Lee Loftus. And then Jim Smith from the intelligence community. So we were kind of the core group that kind of organized things. And a lot of the policies and things came out of. So, you know, none of this happens by yourself. you got to have great people, great colleagues, great team. And it doesn't work without it.
0: Mary Gebert was the Federal Presidential Transition Coordinator and now the Associate Administrator for the Office of Civil Rights at the GSA and a finalist in this year's Service to America medals program. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. Welcome to
2: the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Rick Wade, Senior Vice President of Strategic Alliances and Outreach at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Previously, Rick was a Senior Advisor and Deputy Chief of Staff to Secretary of Commerce Gary Locke. He worked closely with the Obama administration, and he also worked with Commerce's Economic Development Administration to foster regional economic development in distressed areas and with the Minority Business Development Agency to create jobs through the growth of minority-owned businesses. He received a B.S. from the University of South Carolina and an M.P.A. from Harvard University. Rick, welcome and thanks so much for joining me.
3: And thank you so much for having me. Look forward to the conversation. terribly difficult challenge. One of the other defining uh, moments, I think, in our time uh, that has dictated uh, a change in leadership, if you will, uh, was the murder of George Floyd. I think it created a whole different consciousness uh, in America and certainly within me uh, about the importance of being empathetic uh, in, uh, in, in the way I lead, to be inclusive, uh, to, be, uh, uh, to, to lead in a way uh, in which you're very sensitive to the impact of your decisions.
2: I'm Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Thank you for listening to today's Lessons in Leadership podcast. And until we see you next time, take good care.
3: Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own, to always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern tool and equipment is a problem solvers paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally,